I'm Jordan. And I'm Rosanna. And on this podcast, we explore how to take life off autopilot and relentlessly pursue a life worth living together. together. Hello, and welcome to Season 8, Episode 5 of the Relentless Pursuit Podcast, The Dangers of Comfort. You don't think of comfort as something that is dangerous, but it can be. So... We thought this would be a useful topic to explore. It's actually, as I was thinking about this, not too terribly different from things that we've said previously or even last week in our conversation with Angelina Lombardo. Um, but it's worth it to really like take a step back, take a step back, and ask ourselves where are we comfortable in life, and in that area or any given area, are we perhaps too comfortable to the point where it's detrimental? Well, when you're like, uh, you know, when you said comfort or comfortable, like the first thing I was thinking of was like, like your favorite pair of sweatpants Mm -hmm. or like um, being comfortable, like under a blanket. And so as you were kind of giving that intro, like I was just kind of focusing on like just those two specific things, like your favorite pair of sweatpants and a blanket. And I was like, come on, like, how are these really dangerous? And then, but if you think about it, even just for what was that four or five seconds, right? Both of those examples popped into my mind. I'm like, well, you know, like your sweatpants, cause they're like big and they're baggy and they're loose and you know, they don't really let you know how you're doing. But like when you wear like a pair of jeans or your work pants, right? Like if you start to get a little too comfortable with your diet or right, oh, or for your sure. off your fitness routine, like you're like, what? That's a little little snug there. Don't really need that belt anymore. You're like, it's kind of like that check where (laughs) when you have like your, your normal everyday pants, if you're not wearing something that's comfortable all the time, you're kind of more in check in line in tune with your body. And you kind of know when you're a little bit too comfortable, a little off the rails. Same thing with a blanket. Uh, This morning, I spent what two and a half hours with Jack watching the uh, season four finale of Stranger Things. Very long episode. Him and I were under like a blanket just chilling out, watching it. And it's like, once you're under that blanket with an iPad on your lap, on a bed, on a cloudy Sunday that it's cold, like, I want to do nothing else today. Right. And it's and it just kind of keeps you there. Like, it's comfortable, it's warm, it's familiar, it's safe, and you don't want to leave. Well, I was thinking of comfort food as well. And similarly, like any like any any given moment, like it's nice to like carve out a space where you can have some reprieve and genuine relaxation, uh, whether it's with food or blanket or sweatpants or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there is a downside to it. And it's it's like it's a trap where you are initially like seduced by the in this case, the physical comforts that these things provide. But given enough time abiding in those comforts, then there's a pretty significant downside. I'd agree. Um, So I also see this episode as kind of a a follow-up from an earlier episode that we actually did last year. Last year, we went to Mexico, and when we came back, we recorded an episode called You Cannot Stay in Paradise. And it really talked about the idea that even though you have everything you want there, there's still something more worthwhile to be living for. Now, like, all right, so here's the sinister thought that has been infecting me is, is like, have we to a certain extent created or tried to create, replicate like our own version of paradise in our day-to-day living? In which case, if we're not supposed to be staying there, have we really surrounded ourselves with a degree of comfort that is perhaps over the long term more detrimental to us? Well, and, you know, if you go back and you go back to write the American dream, 
right? And and what that was all about and, and what people were reaching for. Like, we've definitely achieved that dream, right? Like, we have all of the comforts and then some. Um, but there is a drawback to that if we're not paying attention. Yeah. So at some, what point does comfort, however you would define it, become a roadblock to who you actually want to be and the life you actually want to live? Because even though temporarily we're pretty darn comfortable in the sweatpants and the blanket, so to speak, over the long term, that's that's not who we want to be for ourselves. Okay. So do you want to Define comfort then? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the lead on defining if that's okay. Go for it. Um, so first, I have two, two different definitions. The first is just of comfort. And this is not your dictionary definition. Uh, but I wrote down that uh, comfort is something that makes us happy enough to not want more. And then the second definition I wrote down was comfort zone. Because we talk about like, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And we'll say that I'm sure a couple of times today. A comfort zone is a place where you're not going to be challenged. A place where you don't feel pressure, stress, or anxiety. And at first, pl- at first glance, both of those things sound good. Like comfort is like a place where you're happy. And the comfort zone is a place where you're not going to feel some of those negative emotions. So I guess the question is, why would we be describing those kinds of things, uh, comfort or comfort zone, as potentially dangerous? Because that's a pretty hefty word to ascribe to that. Yeah, you know, I it makes me think about the kids, you know, like creating a home in which, you know, or you have like the comforts of home or home cooking, you know, like all of that where it's a safe place, right? It's a place where they're accepted, where they're value, where they're heard, right? Where they're safe, where they're warm, where they're fed. So like their needs are met. And then there's that, like, it's more than just their needs being met at some of their wants and, you know, wishes and all of that. And it's, it's, it's a place where that they're safe. Uh, but ultimately, when they come home, uh, there are rules here, right? And there are expectations and there are things that we, um, I don't want to say force them to do, but yeah, you know, like chores, like they're, they're, they're still, even though they're comfortable here and it's, it's a safe place, like there are still expectations of them and we are here to lovingly push them to do better, be better, grow better. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it goes back to like that, you know, mama bird push, pushing the kid out of the nest metaphor. Because at some point we know they're going to need to engage with the world and that'll be uncomfortable for us to let them go. And that will be uncomfortable for them to experience, but we need to prepare them for that. Right. So although home is a place of comfort, it's not the only thing it's a place for. Yeah. Um, So speaking of home, we do have a list of comforts that we're already experiencing, and this could probably be lengthier. But uh, we divided this into, I have five different categories on this list here, so we could probably think of some others. So we have material comforts, and which is kind of what we were talking about before, like any of those physical comforts. Our house, which we love, uh, our bed, our clothes, especially our comfy clothes, our food, and so on. Um, then along with that, we have emotional comforts, which is the, I guess, the emotions that we are comfortable experiencing and the ways that we seek or maintain those. We have our social and relational comforts. So like our, I don't know how much we'll get into this, but like your, yours and mine, our, our relationship, um, you know, just that spousal relationship, right? There's a certain degree of familiarity that we have with how we engage with one another. Same thing with the kids. We have our circle of familiar friends and familiar family. And right, these are 
not uncomfortable. They don't, well, I mean, even though family and often can cause stress or certain things like that, um, there are certain degrees of, of, um, say certain tracks that we continue to engage with with one another. Sure, like certain dynamics or expectations. That's the word or... I was looking for, the dynamics, yeah. Um, we have our entertainment comforts. So I guess this goes more along with our physical comforts, but we have all of our technology, and we have our TV, and our streaming services, and our social media. <laughs> our streaming services, yeah. <laughs> all the streaming services. Yeah. Uh, and I would also say like our professional comforts, mm-hmm. like we have a job, and many of us would say like we have a job, um, maybe we love it, but maybe we don't, but at least like it's comfortable, it's comfortable enough. And it provides what we need to, the steady income or the benefits that we may get from it, all of that is comfortable. And so the list could go on, but I was trying to think through, like, what, what are these comforts that we've pursued or surrounded ourselves with to try to make ourselves happy, or at least happy enough? Okay. Anything you'd add to the list? Any thoughts on those? I mean, I think that's, I mean, sure, there are more, but like relationships, your possessions, like, yeah, the people that you know, your networks, your career, like those are all you know, some of the major players in your life. And so in what ways do we settle into some of those um, and, you know, kind of wear the sweatpants around in those areas and don't keep ourselves in check. And when we do that, then things become a little numb um, and they become just like, well, I hate to use the word comfortable, right? But like, um, like taken for granted. Right. Taken for granted, overlooked. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like you like plant flowers outside the perennials that come back every year and like it, they come back and then they're like kind of always there. And, you know, you don't you don't spend as much time like tilling the soil around them or pruning them as you should. And then they become overgrown and you let the rain water them. And, you know, it's it's not like the flowers that you plant in the pot every year like in the spring and then you have them through the summer and then you redo it again. You know, those perennials just keep coming back up and good or bad, then you put them there and, and that's where they are. And when you're not paying attention to them, right, some die, some become overgrown and, and there's some danger in that. Well, yeah, if we go back to the sweatpants metaphor then, like sometimes, so you're saying like some some negative things can creep in, but when we're comfortable, we are less prone to notice them or engage with them. So like you put sweatpants on and you're less likely to notice if you've get, you know, maybe put on a few pounds or I would even say relationally, like maybe there's a couple uh, similar ways you're used to engaging with your spouse and it's like comfortable. If we operate along these frequencies then everything's fine, but that might allow some, um, you know, something a little bit more insidious and, and negative to kind of be simmering underneath the surface. But because it's uncomfortable to to go there or to address those, then that can, you know, those can like those weeds like continue to grow and maybe choke out some of the more positive things. Yeah, I mean, that's, that takes work. It's uncomfortable. It's exactly that. You know, we just um, October fifteenth was not that long ago, and on October fifteenth in nineteen ninety eight. You asked me to be your girlfriend. So that was 24 years ago. And so, you know, that's for us, our relationship, there, there is a level of like comfort and security there. Uh, even though I occasionally have that freak out moment where I'm just like, do you love me? Is everything okay? And I have an insecure moment. And It's more, it's more like everything I thought I knew is a lie. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, no, I guess not. Um, but, you know, over the course of 24 years, obviously, we've changed a lot. We've grown a lot, right? From 15 to 39 and 
three quarters here, um, you know, and over that time there have been, I mean, I, there's easily times where you kind of just fall into patterns and habits or the expectations you set as a 20 year old, you know, are you've now outgrown as a 30 year old. And so you can kind of operate in that status quo in that comfortable of like, okay, well, we're married and and this is, this is how it is. But if I change or if you change, if our needs and expectations change, if we're not, if we're not trying to grow through that, we're going to kill it, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and so, and we've seen that we've seen people, you know, in our age group, people that were married at the same time that are no longer married anymore, that are divorced, that, you know, have had other things happen. And it's, are we getting too comfortable? You know, there is some danger in just assuming that because it's comfortable, it's good for us. Yeah. And I don't want to make the mistake on the other side of things too, where it's like, if I'm uncomfortable, then that's a good thing uh, automatically either. Um, cause I, I think about like some of, some of the areas here and it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't have a good reason to be like pursue discomfort in several of those areas either. Like I, th- I think when it comes to maintaining a quality relationship, you need to explore those areas of discomfort, but I'm not going to like invent something in our relationship to suddenly like make it uncomfortable, like in the name of, you know, some higher virtue. Right. Or I, I even think, and this, maybe this is really challenging for us, but, you know, we've said many times, like, we love our house. And part of me thinks, well, what would it be like if we didn't live in, like, the quiet, you know, relatively peaceable suburbs and didn't have uh, that the actual home that we have in the neighborhood that we have? Because um, not everybody does. Is there some virtue or lesson waiting for us on the other side of that question? I don't really want to know the answer to that. <laughs> You know, so we'll get to some some takeaways and and some things, but I, I think it's worth like looking at these areas of our life and at least considering the question: Where am I comfortable, and where can I be grateful for those comforts? But also, where might it be something that is holding me back, and I would say ultimately dangerous in the long run? Yeah, and I don't think we're saying that it's not okay to be comfortable. Like you can work really hard in your career. And you can reap those benefits by having enough money to afford a home and a, and a stable household for your family. Like, there's nothing wrong in that. Um, but, you know, if you have all of those comforts and you find yourself, to, you know, an empty shell of a human being and you you don't like your job or what you're doing or or you're you're not on board with the vision of your company, like... Are, are you willing to, you know, maybe give up some of the, the extra comforts you have to find more value in something that's more meaningful for you? So I think, you know, everything is, it, it's different for everybody. And it's a personal question that people have to like, then kind of like, ask themselves. So if I'm not, and I don't think the word is happy, right? Because we talk about like, happy is temporary. But like, if I'm not content, or if I feel like something is missing, or I am like my values and and my um, like behaviors are not aligned, like, what's the missing piece? And I think, you know, that's part of it is like, am I too comfortable um, in this area, whether it's my job or even in my relationship with my friends, like, do I need to like branch out and and meet new people who are going to encourage me or challenge me or inspire me? You know, like there are so many different ways you can kind of take this, but it's, it's all, I think it's all kind of a personal journey. Yeah. And I have uh, a story that'll go along with this that'll transition us, but it just makes me think of our conversation with Angelina last week too. Like she's like, sometimes you even know what that 
next thing to do is, but because it's not familiar to us, because it is outside of our comfort zone and and that may cause some degree of pressure or anxiety because it's the unknown, um, that's why we we shy away from it. And so I like to look at like the other side of things where it's like, well, what would, in the long term, what would I regret more? Like engaging with some of those uncertain feelings or staying in my comfort zone. But then the bigger negative feeling that I would be experiencing is regret. Yeah. Well, and each one of us has a comfort zone. The problem comes when we're unwilling to leave it. So when we do recognize that something is off or something is not in alignment with our values, like, are we willing to leave the comfort zone? And so I've seen it kind of diagrammed uh, like two different ways. And they're kind of like concentric circles. And in the center is your comfort zone, right? Like that's where you're most comfortable, who you're comfortable with, where even maybe by what you're wearing or what you eat or how you move your body, whatever, right? You've got your comfort zone. Um, and outside of that, um, right after that is basically like your optimal per- performance zone. So in your comfort zone, you're so comfortable, you're kind of like, um, what's the word? at ease and you're probably stagnant. You're not moving. You're very comfortable. You're under the blanket. You're wearing the sweatpants. You're eating the nachos in front of the Bears game, right? Like you're in your comfort zone. Your optimal performance zone is outside of that. So you have to kind of like take a step out. And one step further than that is your danger zone. And that's kind of what we were talking about with um, Angelina Lombardo when she said something about like, as long as you're safe, are you willing to take a risk? So are you willing to move out of the center of your comfort zone into your optimal performance zone as long as you're not risking your safety in the danger zone, right? So you, like so you can go too far too. So it's right. on a spectrum. So I've seen it displayed as that. And the other one, again, kind of concentric circles, comfort zone in the center, right outside of that is your fear zone, right? That's where your excuses are, your lack of self-confidence, um, the fact that you might be affected by the opinions of others. So it's like you're in your comfort zone. So your comfort is tied to fear. Correct. And so that there's there's a level outside of your comfort zone that that's kind of like what holds you back. If you're willing to break through some of those fears, regardless of what those are, right, on the next ring out, you have your learning zone, right? And that's where you're like daring to try something to figure it out to kind of move past that fear. And once you move into that learning zone, then what you're heading for with the ring outside of that is your growth zone. Um, and you know, they say that like, that's, that's the best place to be is when you're growing, you know, there's a quote, I wrote it down. It's on this. I'm not going to find it now. Um, but basically that we are meant to continue to learn and to grow and to move. And so if we stay in our comfort zone, like long-term, that's that's not going to move us forward. That's not going to keep us healthy. That's not going to keep us happy, growing, and learning. Yeah. So that um, makes me all think of something that I was saying a few years ago. I remember I was going to grad school and then applying to move into administration and education. And I remember like telling uh, a couple of people, especially like other people who are already administrators. They're like, oh, you know, why do you want to pursue this? And I remember my first few years in education, every time I got close to the school building, I would see the big sign off of the main street. And I would get nervous seeing that sign because it's my my first few years. And I'm like, what are the kids going to do today? Like, am I going to be good? Am I, is this the day I finally get fired? Like, How's you know, my lesson plan look? You have all those anxieties when you're an early professional. 
And, and then at some point, all those feelings went away. Then the job became familiar, became fun, and I found ways to you know, try to challenge myself and, and thrive in it. But that nervousness went away. And so I would tell this to people, ask me why I wanted to like take the next step into administration was because I was like, I kind of want to like see the sign on the side of the main street and, and, and experience that feeling again, experience that nervousness and that unknown. And one guy was like, yep, well, you'll, you definitely will. <laughs> and uh, so that was, and uh, just so listeners know, I was in administration for three years and then made a transition back. But that was like, there's no regrets. There's no what ifs now. It's like I, I uh, kind of was able to jump into that pool and explore what that might be like. Um, but at the same time, I don't have to consider like, well, what if, or I, I could have, would have, should have, I did. Um, and now I was able to live and learn from that. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, um, by then you'd been teaching how many years, like 12 or something like that. Right. So it became comfortable. It became familiar and there is nothing wrong in that. Right. Um, you had like a consistent paycheck, right. Great benefits. You liked what you did, but like you felt like something was missing. So you could have just stayed right there. Right. Um, but you kind of moved past, you know, into that next ring of uh, pushing past that fear zone. Right. Hopping into a new role, trying it out, learning a lot. Right. A lot of growth there personally and professionally. And then you get to decide what to do with that. And I think that that's part of the again, the generation that we live in is like we're our generation doesn't feel the need to just stay in one spot like we can try something. And whether it ha- it, it's good or bad, like there's growth and there's learning there. And so if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But it gets us closer to like what we're actually longing for, what we actually value. Yeah. It's difficult, though. And like we've already said, like, you know, like just being about the dangers of comfort, like staying in that spot, it it leads to I think there's there's a, a number of downsides that we'll begin listing here. But like we already talked about how it leads to complacency. It leads to us taking things for granted. Um, when you're you're stagnant, you don't really desire change. Or maybe even if you do desire it but aren't acting on it, then that just kind of festers underneath and may, makes you maybe think more negatively about yourself. Uh, but if we really want to improve, then that like improvement requires change. Like by its very definition, improvement is change in oneself. And change is going from something that you are to something new. And it's that newness that creates those feelings of uncertainty when you venture into the unknown. The unknown. It's like Garth and Wayne's world. It's like, we fear change. <laughs> oh, we fear change. I was like, wait, we, what? I don't remember that part of the movie. We fear change. Um, you know, it, you know, it reminds me of like my cell phone, you know, when you get the push notification about how that there's a, uh, what do they call those things that come at night and the upgrade? Oh yeah. What, where's this going? I don't know, but it's like, <laughs> just like technology advances and there, you know, you continue to like, you know, push out bugs and, and you apps update and, and it runs smoother, right? Like that's kind of like us, like every year we should be getting a little better or every decade we should be getting a little better, right? Like we're on the precipice yeah. of turning 40 and you know, like when you're 20, you think 40 is old and now you're like, gosh, like. We have wisdom from living life and raising kids and having careers. And, you know, you start to settle into this, like, I know who I am. I know what's important. Like, 40 is yeah. going to be good. It's like, what comes ahead is often better. It's different, but it's better. Or it should be better. So we should, so we should be labeling, like, the our, our months and days like a, 
like a an, an iPhone update. Like this is version thirty nine point one one point oh two. Well, and I think if you're putting in the time and the effort, like right, like that, it's it's always the newest version of yourself. It's like you're one day smarter than you were yesterday, and if you can look back at the mistakes you made beforehand, like then you've got a place to go, you yeah. know. And we've got a place to grow. You're growing up, and not just in age or in height, right? But like, right? It's 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 the next best version of yourself. Yeah. So it's like Elsa into the unknown. You with the movie quotes every week. I also think of this, like there, again, there's nothing wrong with comfort, right? On a cold day, my, you know, (laughs) one of our kids is like, can you make some chicken pot pie? Or what kind of soup are we having? Can you make some nice warm focaccia? Yeah. You know, it makes you feel good. But like, I don't eat focaccia every day for a week and a half. Not good for me. Just like, um, you know, they say a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. You know, that we do need to return to those comfortable places, those comfortable spaces, those comfortable people, the pants, uh, the the blankets, whatever it is. We, we need to be like welcomed with open arms. We need to be taken care of and loved. We need to be shielded from the storm. But ultimately, as humans, we're not meant to reside in that dock like a ship. Uh, there's a book that was big in the business world not too long ago. It was called Good Versus Great or Good to Great by Jim Collins. And he's written a number of um, kind of like business best-selling books. But in there he says like a business that is good, it, it tends to stay good. But it doesn't necessarily get to becoming a great business until there's some degree of change and, and discomfort and growth. He says good is the enemy of great. Because when things are good, there's no incentive to change. And that's why like we, when we feel good, need to interrogate that, almost be suspicious of that a little bit more. Is there something bigger that I'm missing? Um, I really like, it's been a while since we've had a Brave New World reference. So um, there's a character, one of my favorite characters in literature, it's this guy named Helmholtz Watson. I've never heard the name Helmholtz before, but that's this character's name. So in Brave New World, the whole world is all about comfort, and you can do whatever you want. You can have any person you want. There's no emotional discomfort, no physical discomfort. You get whatever you want. And if you happen to have a bad day, then you take the magic drug, Soma, and you feel good again. But Helmholtz, as well as a few other characters, begin like pushing back against this, and they start doing crazy things like engaging with art and with poetry and, and feeling things. And Really, the message of a big message of the story is that, like art and, and dealing with you know, all of the complexities and the, the the rainbow of emotions and experiences in, in humanity is dangerous. And at the end, because of all of this danger that Helmholtz is experimenting with, he is exiled, and they give him a choice: you can go to a very like uh, temperate climate, you can go to uh, almost like a little paradise on Earth, and go spend the rest of your days there. Or you can go to a very cold, uncomfortable climate where you can't have to scratch out a living. And he says, I want to go to that second one. I want to be uncomfortable. Because he feels like he can create and achieve something great, but he never will if he's just comfortable in his own society or even exiled to another like pleasant paradise. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting philosophy. And then there's obviously some merit there. So it's, you know... Again, like where, yeah, where in your life are you too comfortable or have you let yourself get too comfortable, right? Like have you let your um, 
physical and monetary comforts kind of dull you to kind of what's going on around, whether it's in your neighborhood, your community, the world, even in your own family, right? Like sometimes it's easier to comfortably sit on the sideline than it is to jump in the arena, right? We can naysay from the outside, but if we get in, then we've got more skin in the game. And when that happens, we're uncomfortable. And why are we so afraid to be uncomfortable? All right. So we've been talking through these. Um, I do have a short list that'll delineate some of the things we talked about. Maybe it's a little easier for our listeners, but we have reasons why comfort is dangerous. You can comment as needed, but some of this we've had already. Number one, um, they prevent us from improving. They uh, can keep us from achieving and ultimately make us miserable because we haven't really achieved anything or improved in any way. So I think we've addressed that. Number two, we haven't talked about But when we're comfortable, it makes us less concerned or connected to the needs of others. Chew on that. (laughs) That one's a big one to swallow. And it's true, right? We're so comfortable. um, And so we kind of, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like building a castle around yourself. The walls are high, the bridge is up, and you're really not worried about what's outside of what you've created. Right. It's like, I'm good. So the rest of the world can take care of itself. Or I don't need to, like I'm taking care of me and my own and it ends there, like, right? I'm I'm taking care of my family. I'm taking care of, you know, my job, my house, my grass, my lawn. And we kind of build a wall around it, kind of blind to what might be needed outside of that. Yeah. And we even think about like, how much time and money do we spend uh, improving or maintaining our own comforts? And like, if we, like, sometimes we're asked to divert like a minuscule portion of that towards someone else's need. And it's like, ooh, it's really going to take a bite out of my, my coffee budget this week, you know? <laughs> right. And, and like, I, that, I think that's one thing to really consider. And, and again, like what makes comfort dangerous, like it, it, now it's not only dangerous to our own, I would say like morality and sense of community, uh, but also perhaps like legit dangerous to others if we're completely unconcerned about where they're at or what their needs may be. Yeah, I mean, we definitely live in a time where it's very much about us. And that's not the case for everybody. There's plenty of people that I see on a weekly basis that I'm continually inspired by, by the way that they, you know, cross those boundaries or barriers and are often leading and reaching out in their surrounding communities and neighborhoods um, and partnerships with other people. And so, you know, it's just... It's, it's another question, like, if you're comfortable, are you too comfortable? Can you extend a hand? Can you, can you give some of that comfort away? So another way that I've heard it put, and this is just adding to the list here, is that if we engage with the world, which is, you know, some, some definition of discomfort, right? Instead of like retreating into the, our little castle that we've built for ourselves, if we go out into the world vulnerable, poised to engage in um, something that might make us feel pressure or anxiety or some degree of self-improvement, if we engage with the world, we might lose. We, we might lose all kinds of things. We might lose um, like whatever... Uh, we might not achieve what it is that we we wanted to. Um, we might lose our own body, perhaps you know through death, but also through like just you know, getting some kind of injury, you know, something like that. So we can like add to the list of the 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 risks that we're taking, what we're putting on the line. 
And those are very real. I don't want to negate those, depending on in what way we're choosing to engage in the world. You know, we can lose our, our social standing. We can, we can lose our minds. But if you stay home, if you stay in your comforts, then what you're destined to lose is your soul. Shit just got pretty deep there, Jordan. So if we engage with the world, we might lose our body. But if we don't, then we risk losing our soul. Soul check. So as much as we may feel that it might be better to stay away from scary situations, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's really part of what we need to look for and then ask ourselves, like Angelina was teaching us last week, uh, like what, what really is at risk? What's at stake? How can I do this in a way that helps me perform optimally uh, while still keeping myself safe? Yeah. Well, and also that question, like, what am I running towards? Or maybe what am I running from? You know, when we let fear hold us back, um, it does not allow us to run forward to chase a dream, even just like an inkling, like, just because you go for something doesn't mean that it, you know, that it's going to work out. But if there's an interest, if there's, you know, if there's, you know, something underlying that that is, is telling you to move forward, like, what are we what are we letting hold us back? So we have two things here about why we avoid discomfort. So we've talked about like, well, we we tend to because comfort is seemingly the end goal because we want the happiness and the contentment that comes with it. So, but why do we avoid discomfort if we've unpacked the notion that perhaps comfort is actually dangerous? So two things. Thing number one is that our actual aim is to avoid risk. We're not not technically avoiding discomfort, but like the risk that comes with it. Because risk leads to uncertainty, which leads to anxiety, which is a negative emotional experience. Comfort is where we don't have any incentive to change. We're not experiencing pain. We're not uh, induced to take any sort of risk to further our pleasure. Like we we just are. So we're going to gravitate towards comfort. Um, and what we really want to do is actually embrace risk, embrace the unknown. That's difficult to do, but that's why we that's why we don't pursue discomfort. It's because it's risky. Well, yeah, because you're like, what if? What could happen? What if it doesn't? Right? Like, I'm thinking, uh, gosh, when was it? It was it must have been like two years ago. It was during COVID. We were walking the dog, and you you were encouraging me, encouraging me at the time to go all into my business and like take it to the next level. And I was like, no, I'm like, I was very. I was very upset that that's what you were telling me like that I should do or that I could do that you were, you know, giving me permission to do. And in my mind, I could not like what I couldn't. And I came up with a million excuses and a million reasons why it wasn't the time and that I like, I'll know when it's time and, and then I'll do it. And a lot of it is that it's it's not easy to leave the comfort zone. And, and you think if, if you have more time, it's better. And really what you just need to do is stand up and, and take a step outside. Um, for me, for me, it was like fear of the unknown, right? Well, I don't know exactly how to do this, but when I got a little uncomfortable, like you, you start to, it's kind of like, I don't know, probably like being thrown in a lake and you can't swim and like, right. You have to just start, you have to start moving your arms. You have to start treading water, like, cause you have no choice. Um, and it starts to set things in motion. And it's like, once you're in motion, more than likely you'll continue to keep going you know, it's that little bit to get you started. And so sometimes it's easier to think, well, we're comfortable and it's easier to stay here. Um, but at the same time, you are not any happier. You're comfortable because you're not struggling, right? You're comfortable because uh, you're not afraid of what's going on. But at the same time, it's soul crushing. 
because you're not moving. You're just stagnant. And I think of even like, so this, this is, you know, considering like your circumstance and, and pursuing something that is, you know, like building a business and potentially more positive. But I also think of the inverse as well, where maybe a current circumstance that one of us is in is not that great, but it's familiar and therefore it's comfortable. So let's say that this is not us, obviously, but let's say that there is a, like a, a negative dynamic between a husband and a wife that it's familiar to, they know how to, how to operate on that frequency. And so like, why change it? Because they, they don't know, they don't know what it's like to change that frequency, to challenge that, uh, you know, that, that consistency that they've developed between them. I'm just, I have nothing. You're soaking it in. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just thinking of like, even when we're in a not so great circumstance, just because it's familiar makes it comfortable to us. It's like, what do they say? The better the devil, you know, than the devil you don't. And this is, this is what the famous to be or not to be speech in Shakespeare's Hamlet is all about. It's actually all about suicide, but uh, it's kind of like that same thing. It's like, why, why don't people who are just having a miserable life just end it all. Well, it's because they don't know what's coming after death. So better, you know, grunt and sweat under a weary life than to shuffle off this mortal coil. Is that the same as like two two in the hand and one in the bush? That's no, no. Okay, <laughs> I always wondered how that one fit in, but okay. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's the the other uh, the first reason, but the the second main reason that we don't engage in discomfort is because of how our engagement in that might make others uncomfortable. I think that's really good. If I do say so myself, I mean, is that what you came up with or is that like a hard fact found online? This one, actually, I came up with it. I'm not the first person to like. I'm sure. So sometimes just for context for Rosanna's question, when we're preparing notes, like we're both like go into these sessions of like we're reading articles and watching videos and listening to podcast, kind of like putting ourselves in the stream of the topic. And then, so I, I, I don't know, I can't honestly say how much of it is inspired by something that I heard or something that's just kind of in my own stream of consciousness I put down, but I don't recall coming across this somewhere else. You know what it makes me think of though? is um, as it, Ralph Waldo Emerson writes in Self-Reliance. Um, he, he talks about like really just like just being your fullest self all the time. And he raises this question. He's like, well, what if, what if the person I am tomorrow is different than the person I am today? Like, won't that make the people who are dependent on who I am, like won't, won't that like confuse them or make them upset? And he's like, so what? He's like, just because I am one person one day and I think and feel differently tomorrow means I need to act on the differences that I think and feel tomorrow. He goes a little far, I think. I was going to say, but you don't don't wake up one day and you're suddenly a different person. I mean, that's like a gradual, like, right over the years, I am not the same man at 21 that I am at 31. Okay, I'll give you that. But like to say that like, oh, the man I am tomorrow is not the man I was. He says, consistency is the hobgoblin of a foolish mind. So he, but I think he goes kind of far with that. But like, if I were to be inspired to take on some new challenge, some something that will change me and make me uncomfortable, like you're you're attached to me, the kids are attached to me. So I am, you know, inadvertently pulling all of you along with that, whatever it may be. So 
I think in some regards that that needs to be taken into consideration. And sometimes we don't engage with certain things, I think, because we think that someone's not going to understand us, they're not going to support us, they're not going to follow us into that. So are you like speaking just in that regard, you're speaking like, okay, you're the you're the man of the house, right? Like you obviously Damn right. <laughs> uh you generate, right, the majority of the income for our family. You carry our insurance insurance benefits. So for us, like your job is of great comfort to all of us. And so if you <laughs> told me one day that you wanted to just say goodbye and hop into something else, right? Like you are afraid that you can't. Right. So I yeah, I think job change is the most tangible example of this where, yeah, if I just wanted to quit and then pursue something else, um, right? It's it's right now the job is comfortable, but other people are relying on that. So do I forsake that, you know, it, it, with the hope of landing on something that's even better? That's that's difficult. And that I think especially once people have spouses and kids, like you, you don't necessarily want to make that transition. Um, because right now there there is nothing that makes me uncomfortable enough in any regard to my income or my occupation that would make us want to change that. It's like don't uh, don't the, uh, there's a saying here somewhere. Don't wreck the if boat. It, if it ain't, ain't broke, broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Right. So it's definitely it's far from broken. Well, and I've heard other people say that like they don't um, love their job or love their company or whatever, and it's just a paycheck. And so, and that I understand. But I've also heard people confront those people and say, right, and it's a job and it's called work and they pay you for it. So even though that that doesn't like warm your soul or, you know, make you wet or whatever, like what other areas of your life are you diving into, right, that make your life worth living? Like it doesn't mean that like your job is your everything and that it, you know, it fulfills every well, need no, for and you. No, we, and we've gone down that route, but I'm thinking more like, okay, I'm making X number of dollars, but do I, it's like a game show. Do I give that up for the chance of making more in a, a different career, or different venue? Gotcha. Even if, you know, there are inherent risks that come along with that transition too. So that's one example, but even just changing who you are, like, you know, sometimes if you go from being someone who um, just like think nutrition, for example, like you just can eat whatever, whenever, and then suddenly, uh, you know, um, you get a spark and you're into like dieting and working out like that, that influences the people around you as well, because you have a routine with the foods that are in the household and how they're bought and, and budgeted for and all of that. So to like suddenly throw a wrench in it and now playing a major role in the consumption of food, but that has changed dramatically for you, right? That that requires other people to shift to cert- to some extent as well. Sure. Or even if um, your appearance changes, right? Like if someone's appearance changes for the better, why does that often cause others discomfort, right? Oh, yeah. And so because of that, right, like you change who you are and then that changes how others perceive you. And then, you know, like, and then it becomes, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, like a shift. Yeah. It's like I saw those TikToks where somebody's laying in bed and they're like, then the, the caption comes up. It says like, this is me just remembering that I have a hot wife. They're like, oh man. And then they throw the covers off and go to the gym. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm just thinking of, like I'm just trying to process this say it again about this our 
making others uncomfortable. Say what you had said. What was the point? I just said a lot. <laughs> no, just what there's point one, point two. What was the second point? So the second point is our engagement with some degree of making ourselves uncomfortable for the sake of growth drags others along with us sometimes too. Well, and I, you know, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that in a variety of ways, but even like, and I know that one of the rules of the podcast is that you don't talk about the podcast on the podcast, but I, you know, I remember like, it's interesting, like people's perception of us having a podcast, like it's something that you and I do, uh, that we enjoy, you know, and we have reasons why that we do it. And some people, you know, we were at a wedding most recently and someone's like, you know, I just, I can't believe you guys have a podcast. Like that's really cool or whatever. And I was just like, okay, you know, like. We don't do it because we think it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, um, but I also remember like the flip side of like telling someone that we were going to start a podcast and and then they were just like, they didn't understand why or, but they thought it had something, you know, like that it impacted them or like, how would this change our dynamic because Jordan and Roseanne have a podcast and it's just like, you can't let other people's insecurities or what they think of what you're doing, whether they're on board or not on board should never change. Like what's next for you? Well, to an extent, like it depends who that person is. If it's your spouse and and you're contemplating something pretty dramatic like that, that I think they have to be on board. I'm not talking about like that. Okay, well, I'm of just saying you'd have to be on I, board. I want right? to qualify. Yeah, I'm just you told qualifying me you were going to be a statement. WWE wrestler. Like we'd have to have a conversation. I'd have to be on board. I might try and talk you out of it. Like you know, there's there's something there. Oh, but I'd be like a husband wife duo. I'm just duo. saying, like I I can't, <laughs> I you know I can't let what. Someone else's mom at TAP, you know, what what she thinks about what I'm doing in my business, like change, like what what I'm working towards and what's meant for me, you know? And right. I, I think sometimes we just, we create these scenarios in our head where we're going to hold ourselves back based on the opinions of others. That's what, all. What are that's, people going to say? That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, we've, um, we've explored some of the definitions of comfort, why it's dangerous and why we still avoid discomfort. So what do we what do we do? What are the actual recommendations? So say someone's sitting here listening to this and thinking like, okay, like I'm all revved up. I've made a list of all of the areas that I'm comfortable in my life and I'm ready to ready to grow, ready to make sure that I experience discomfort now rather than later through regret. Well, I don't think the point is to like, I'm going to experience discomfort now. It's more like, where am I like, okay, I'm like, if you can acknowledge, you know what, I'm I'm pretty damn comfortable, right? Like I I have a good thing going. I have, you know, th- these things are all, all, all in the, what's, you're in the red or the black? You're, when things are good, you're in the black. Okay. So everything's in the black, but I don't, like, I, I, I feel like there's something more. I think that's where you start to look like where, then where am I too comfortable? I was going to say like, so like, it's, it's okay to be go like, go through that list, but look at like which, which ones, which comfort or comforts are holding you back? Or when you think about what it takes to achieve the next thing that you're working towards, what aspects of that make you nervous? Correct. So business is going well. My business is good. Could it be better? Yeah. How could it be better? Well, let me tell you how it could be better. You could be doing X, Y, and Z. That scares me. Bing. That's where you should be moving towards. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's it doesn't mean that you go from good to bad. If you're looking to go from good to great. Think about what's holding you back and what's keeping you stagnant and even what's good, right? 
my husband is good. My kids are good, meaning they're healthy and they're mostly behaved and, you know, like whatever. How do we take our family from good to great? My husband's good, not great. Good, not great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, I do have one other term. This is a Jordan original, although I'm sure someone else has used this before. Um, so I wrote down the phrase strategic discomfort. Okay. I like that. Right. That goes Go along it. with what you're saying. Sure. Okay. So I won't over explain that, but so it's not com- discomfort for the, just the sake of discomfort to be like, look at me, woo! but it's discomfort moving towards some area. And you know, all of our lives ebb and flow, right? With the good and the bad, with hard times, whether it's with like health or family dynamics or relationships or whatnot. So if you're coming out of a time where things have really just been pretty shitty and you're safe in the harbor right now, like now's not the time. You know, like you have to kind of take stock of like where you are, where you've been, um, but you can never lose sight of where you're going. It's strategic. It's strategic. So if you're in the harbor and you're anchored down. If you're just at some stormy seas, like enjoy the time in the harbor. Enjoy the time in the harbor. Uh, You've just been putting in a lot of miles running or walking. Throw on the sweatpants. Pop a bowl of popcorn. Enjoy a Netflix binge, but like everything again is in moderation. And so when we've been in the binge too long, you know, let's not forget to step outside of that comfort zone into past some of the fear, you know, into a place of optimal performance. Into the unknown. Again, really? You think you'd sing better by now? No. All right. So anything else to cap us off here? No. I mean, no, actually, no. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope that this was a conversation that maybe sparked uh, some awareness on your end as far as various comforts or perhaps discomforts that you are experiencing. And uh, like you heard us talk about, like we're excited about just finding those next areas of discomfort that we can lean into strategically and together. And we hope that you're able to follow us along that journey. As usual, uh, if you liked this conversation, go ahead, give us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Share the conversation with someone that you think might benefit from it as well. Or start the conversation with people in your circle. There you go. All right. And uh, we are looking forward to connecting with you again next week, where we bring you, speaking of the uncomfortable, a conversation with Professor Andrew Maynard regarding the metaverse. Tune in next week to find out more. Dun, dun, dun. All right, on that note. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope you will use this conversation as a starting point for your own. We hope you're encouraged to think and act more intentionally. If you want to learn more, you can visit our website, therelentlesspursuitpodcast.com, where you can find notes on today's show, plus additional blog posts, and you can subscribe to our free members list. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Facebook and Instagram are two great places to connect with us for daily doses of our quotable quotes, behind the scenes, and real-time photos, videos, and challenges. Until next time, let us know how you are taking life off autopilot. And relentlessly pursuing what matters. What matters.